The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and I got one thing to say. If it flies, it dies. In Oakland, Ravens go down. That and more here on show 443. You know, before I start the show, I must say this because it's at the top of my freaking list right now. DraftKings, a gambling site that is inundating every aspect of sports, every commercial, everything you click is about online gambling. It's gambling, it's football, it's fantasy, but it's gambling. It's fine for adults. I'm good with that. But this is going to impress so many kids. There's going to be a lot of gambling addicts from this particular thing. I'm telling you right now. And that the NFL is so in bed with these guys pisses me off. It's irritating. It's nagging. And it's some bullshit. And that is all I have to say about that. Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have the postgame for the Ravens. Ravens versus the Raiders. What an epic freaking contest. What a game. That and then the pregame for the Brownies. We've had trouble with these guys for a long time. They're a tough team, but forget Johnny Football. I couldn't even think of losing to a guy named Johnny Football. That and the bone line will wrap it up. And that is blown off the hook. I love it, man. Keep calling. The Raider Nation speaks. We love hearing it. You guys are friggin' awesome. If it flies, it dies. <laughs> I love it. Raiders victorious 37-33 to over the Crows. What an epic game. I love to talk about the tailgate, but I had to listen to it. I listened about it from my daughter. My daughter went in place of me. I had to work, you know, in these fires in California. There's sometimes you just can't take the time off. Somebody has got to be at the firehouse, and that was me on Sunday, but I was glued to the television. <laughs> Trust me, recorded the game, saw every minute of it a couple of times, and I can tell you this. On a record-breaking hot day, 97 degrees at the Coliseum, the Oakland Raiders, in their black uniforms at home, took it to the Baltimore Ravens. With a stadium full of doubtful fans at times, good fans, you know, we always want and think we can win, but man, it's a tough game. 
The Ravens are the real deal. And in the last 10 seasons, they've never gone 0-2. That was what we were looking at. We also look back at last week where the Bungles slapped 33 points on us. Not a very inspiring place to be, must I say. But I will tell you from the first snap of the first ball to the very last drop of sweat on the Coliseum dirt, and I mean dirt, this Raiders team, I don't know, the super freaks came out and played an amazing total commitment to leaving everything on the field. What a change in a week. The list of heroes on this team is long and too long for me to list, really. But I'll tell you some of them. You know, Carr, (laughs) even though he threw some funky balls, He's going to be okay because the two receivers that he was throwing to, Crab and also Coop, were open all day. They burnt the Ravens' secondary all friggin' day long. Amazing. The offensive line. The offensive line protected Carr pretty damn good. I mean, he got hit a couple of times pretty hard, but he stood in there and delivered the ball. It was... (laughs) The linebackers, everybody played so freaking well. Amazing game, to say the least. Coming down to the last 20 seconds, 28 seconds, that was a freaking drive. 80 yards. I mean, in that Rivera almost got, well, he did get intercepted. Thank goodness there was a penalty on that play. I don't know why Carr was throwing to him. That was a bad read. But, Hey, man, I'll take it. (laughs) I will take it. And Roberts, we all saw this kid in preseason, and he shows up and takes the winning touchdown. What a great way to cap off this game. The Raider Nation deserved this win. It really did. Let's listen to the coach. Listen, that is sweet, man. That is great, that is grit. That is determination. Yeah, yeah. That is emptying your bucket. I saw so many cases of guys emptying their bucket, man. That was special, man. Way to go, Oakland! Yeah. Yeah. For your first win, man, this is yours. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, we're just getting started, man. I mean, I'm going I'm to hand the game ball. Where's it, where Fred? Where you got? I have one. That's the one right there. That was the one in front of All right, this one for, all right, look, because the head coach and the quarterback's records are tied to each other. Fourth quarter comeback, win, one of many. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Let me just say that was, a, that was one heck of an effort. I saw uh, a lot of examples of guys really emptying their bucket phrase that says really given everything they had uh, straining not flinching in tough circumstances uh, finding a way the head coach and the quarterback are tied only two guys in the organization that are tied directly to wins and losses and to see uh, see our quarterback our young quarterback take our football team down there at the end that was special that was special so uh, really proud of the men in that room uh, We've worked hard. Uh, This is the first of many moments like that. 
going to be a lot of fun. A very good football team that we went against. Uh, that was a tough, hard-fought win. I'm sure there are plenty of things that we'll pick apart and talk about that uh, weren't how they need to be going forward. But uh, for today, they were enough. And, uh, and for, day, for today, we'll, we'll take that, that huge win that we needed so badly and, uh, and go enjoy it tonight. Joining me here before their game in Cleveland for week number three is the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, Jack Del Rio, back on the Rich Eisen Show. Coach, thanks for calling and appreciate it. Uh, you bet, Rich. So I know you don't have that sort of ability to, like, like Papa, to give that Raiders, but you were, you were definitely pumping your fist for that moment. What was that like for your first win uh, of a coach of a team that you uh, essentially grew up watching, Coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot, a lot of emotions there, but, uh, you know, just really proud of our guys, the way they fought all day, uh, you know, the the grit, the determination, the resilience, you know, it was, it was exceptional. And, uh, you know, just uh, I thought it was a great moment for our football team and such a big win against a, a really quality opponent at, at home here in a hard-fought game. Yeah, and you were saying fighting all day. What about all week coming off of that season-opening loss with the uh, with a young team and, perhaps making sure that they're not getting too down, that it is a, a marathon and not a sprint in their mind. What about the week's worth of, of preparation for that? Coach? Yeah, we, we, you know, we've got some, some experience uh, in the, on our coaching staff. Uh, I, you know, I made sure to make the point that it's one game, you know, win or lose. Just like we've done this week, it's, look, with a great win and people want to pat us on the back, we're, we're on to next. We're on to the preparation, getting ready for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and in terms of that, you know, it's an obvious question, but I, I sometimes don't like to ask those, but I will anyway. The, the news that Josh McCown has been announced as the starter for the Cleveland Browns, how does that change things for you with Manziel and and now, obviously, McCown going against your defense this weekend. Uh, it really doesn't change uh, anything in terms of our preparation. You know, we've, we know that they both are capable of playing. We know they both are, are good quarterbacks. Uh, they both have different styles. And uh, and we're preparing for their football team. And obviously, knowing, you know, both guys that could enter the game is, is part of the preparation. So you definitely think that, that there could be a Manziel package lurking somewhere in, in Cleveland? No, I, I didn't say that. I said okay. we'll be prepared for okay. uh, either either player, and uh, and that's you know, look, no matter what, uh, you've got to know what's going on with the backup. Uh, sometimes the, the starters go down, as we found in Week One when our starter went down. That's right, Jack Del Rio joining me here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Derek Carr uh, and his development. Um, you've got yourself a thoroughbred. Everybody believes, and you could see it with your own two eyes as well. What about his development? How do you how do you handle a young quarterback like him? Coach. Well, the be the best thing that we did last week is just relax and play, you know. And I thought the offensive line did a great job of protecting Derek. I mean, he really was untouched most of the day, uh, and uh, I thought he really, you know, exhibited poise and, le and great leadership, command of the offense, and uh, you know, took us down in the key moment at the end. But he was taking us down throughout the day. I mean, really, really an outstanding performance uh, uh, by Derek and, and and the supporting cast around him. That Jack Del Rio here on the program defensively, uh, you signing. Alden Smith on the uh, the uh, the eve of the season, essentially, uh, was Michael Crabtree involved in any way, shape, or form for you to do part of your due diligence to see uh, if this young man could fit into your program? Well, we we, we spent time talking with everybody that. Uh 
that, you know, had been associated uh, with him or a teammate of his or a coach with him and all those types of things. So we, we spent plenty of time going through the process of, of determining, uh, you know, whether there was a good fit and felt like it was a great fit for us. You know, adding him to our football team and making him part of the Raider family was, was something that we were excited about. And then the, the I guess, support system? Around him, you have a, a, a is there a specific Alden Smith plan, or you're just relying on all those uh, those goats that you have on your defensive staff, to say the least? No, it's it's, it's a lot it's a lot of uh, structure that we've uh, put in place that, that was part of the deal, you know, in talking with him and and uh, his representation and uh, and and you know and making sure that you know that we were comfortable and they were comfortable exactly with how we would you know want to do things and and uh, and provide the proper support. Is there any specifics that you care to lend out? Like, what are those things that you have in place? Uh, no, no, Rich. As much as I like you, bud, we're not getting into that. Okay, very good. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, how is Ken Norton doing? My first, uh, my first, my first NFL Total Access sidekick from 12 years ago. Your defensive coordinator. How's he yeah, doing? Yeah, Kenny, Kenny's doing great. Kenny's doing great. He brings great energy every day. He's a, he's a terrific coach. Uh, does does an excellent job relating with the players, uh, bringing passion every day, and uh, and we love him. So no, we're we're fired up about about Kenny and and uh, and obviously uh, right now you know after after two weeks we know we've got a lot of work to do on the defensive side, uh, but that's the case you know throughout our throughout our roster, throughout our football team. You know, we've got a lot of, lot of growth in front of us, a lot of opportunity to, to prepare and to become a better football team as we go. And then you got that gold jacket helping coach up the uh, defensive backs. <laughs> My buddy Rod Woodson. That's I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, Rod, he, Rod's, Rod's uh, just a, a fine human being, a good coach, and a, and a good man, and glad, glad that we have him on board. Is he, is he the coolest guy on the planet, Jack? Because I think he might just be the coolest Rod, Rod's guy. Rod's pretty cool. Rod's pretty cool. He's right up there with Rich Eisen. <laughs> <laughs> Can I write that down? I think we, the, the recording equipment is – I appreciate you saying that, but, I mean, I don't have the gold jacket. Rod, I mean, what, what he brings to the – tell me what he brings to the staff. In, in all seriousness, what Rod Woodson helps for you. Well, coach. you're talking about a, a guy that's played at the highest level, um, and he's been around some great coaching. So, you know, what, what happens when we're, when we're impacted by great coaches, uh, you know, guys like Rod Rust. You know, both of us have had Rod Rust. Rod's, Rod's, Rod's an a, a excellent coach uh, from both of our pasts. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, you bring some of, you know, uh, you bring some of the associations that you've had, some of the lessons that you've learned over the years. So there's a wealth of knowledge there that, that we tap into. And uh, he, he's a very calm guy. He's a very confident guy. And uh, so we're, we're glad to have him on our staff. Yeah, Rod. Rod quoted uh, Chuck Knoll all the time when I was That's with right. him. He, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the Dick thing. LeBeau, Chuck Knoll. I mean, he's been around some some really legendary coaches, you know. And uh, and so it's uh, you know obviously having that type of wisdom, you know, having some of that guidance along the way, and now being able to share with other you know young players now and getting that opportunity. And you know the fact that he's still doing it. I mean, look, he's made plenty of money. He's very accomplished. Uh, but you know he has a passion for football. He loves. And that's why he's doing what he's doing now, coaching. Uh, and then offensively, Coach Del Rio, just recycling back there for a quick second. Latavius Murray, he is one big dude uh, at the running back position. Do you see him as a 20, 25, even 30 carry guy when it's all said and done? 
Yeah, if we if we do our thing, uh, converting, moving the sticks, and uh, and 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 do do our thing up front for him, yeah, I do believe he's capable. So I uh, think he's played really well to start the year. You know, last last week in particular, he had some very impressive runs, and uh, you know, we're, we're we're close to having bigger runs. So we're we're excited about the way it's tracking, but uh, know there's a lot of work in front of us. But I, I do like the way he started the year. Right, and in 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 terms of your just uh, being there in the Bay Area, there's another team across the Bay that we all know that is technically being called the, the home team for the Super Bowl and host team for the Super Bowl. Is there any rivalry that you feel with the 49ers, Coach, at all? Not, not really. I've, I've always been a Raiders guy. I uh, grew up on the East Bay. Uh, never really, you know, always kind of acknowledged when they had good teams. Yeah, good congratulations. And But, you know, I've always been about, you know, the Raiders and, 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 uh, and the Silver and Black. So uh, more, more taking pride in what we're doing and less so worried about, you know, what they're doing. And what about the grounds crew? You know, a lot of people talking about that 50-yard line not being gold right now, Coach. Have you noticed that? There for the Raiders. Was it silver and black? What what, what no. color is it? No, it's supposed to be gold. Everyone's doing it for the NFL this year for the 50th anniversary, and uh, for some reason the Raiders are not doing that. Uh, maybe gold doesn't look good with silver and black. Maybe that's the case. What's the deal with your suit? Have you gone there yet? Where, where? <laughs> no, only come only on. when I go to only when I go to dinner with my wife. No, come on, you, you got to get that suit back on on the sideline. I mean, <laughs> yeah, is there, don't tell me you've given that up. Have you given that up? No, actually, at some point, at some point, I may, I may do a tribute to John Madden. You know, yeah. bring out the, bring out the uh, the the white, uh, you know, the white rolled up sleeves yes. with the uh, with the tie flapping in the wind. Yes. Got to make sure it's a windy day, though. You got to make sure if it's yes. If, let's put it this way: uh, 15 miles per hour or more. Get bust that out, and then we got to figure out. I don't know how to to work it in there, but yes. And you're barking at the refs, and the tie is flapping. Right. I I, I wholeheartedly endorse that, Coach. I really Beautiful. do. Beautiful. Hey, look, thanks for calling in. I, I Say hi to Rod and, uh, and Kenny for me and everybody else up there. And, uh, and I appreciate you calling into the program. My pleasure, Rich. You All right, it. we'll catch up down the road. You got it. That's uh, Jack yeah, Del Rio, head coach of the Oakland Raiders, joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let me just say this, too. Crabtree is a freaking Raider, man. Did you see him play? I mean, this is no Randy Moss. He's no hired gun that comes in and just takes the money. This dude is playing some Raider football, and I got to hand it to this guy because I was very skeptical. That is over. We're talking with Raider insider Scott Bear. You wrote an article about Del Rio praising Michael Crabtree. Aside from the on-field production, which was great in week two, what does he bring to this team? Because Crabtree was always such an enigma with the 49ers. Never really knew a lot about him besides his penchant for fashion uh, never really heard an awful lot uh, about him setting a good tone in the locker room. What is he now to the Raiders? It's it's weird because he's gone, you know, to elder statesman. He's gone to someone that that everyone looks up to in in what is otherwise a young group of wide receivers. And I think Michael Crabtree has kind of welcomed that with open arms. And they're getting Michael Crabtree in terms of what the Raiders hope for at a perfect time because this is a guy who had a disappointing free agent, free agent experience. He didn't get the contract that he wanted. Um, he's coming in with a new quarterback that he's instantly bonded with. And let's not forget what drives most people is the fact that there's a $1.4 million bonus if he gets to 1,000 yards or 90 catches. So there's you're getting Michael Crabtree at the pinnacle 
of his motivation. He'll never try or want harder for a bunch of different reasons, including the fact that he wants to win football games. So I think that they're getting the very best of him. And the one thing that Jack Del Rio said is, yeah, it's nice that he's been targeted 24 times in the last two games. His production has been high, but he's doing dirty work when nobody's looking. He's blocking for the run. He's setting a good example. Let's not forget that on that touchdown catch that he had, uh, he was not the primary or even the secondary option. Derek Carr rolled the other way, and Michael Crabtree still stayed with it, ran a good route, find and found an opening, and made a big play. And while Amari Cooper can dazzle, and he's going to make big plays after the catch and things like that. Michael Crabtree is going to be your rock. He's going to be that dependable person in this offense that can keep carrying the forward. And I didn't know the man whatsoever from his days down in Santa Clara. Yes, I refuse to say San Francisco, too. Um, because, you know, he didn't talk to the press much. Right. And also, uh, you just hear a lot of things about his reputation. Is he a diva? Is he this or that? Uh, he's been none of those things in the East Bay, and I think that's all positive uh, for the silver and black. Crabtree is a raider, <laughs> no doubt in my freaking mind. The O-line, again, let me go back there. Let me go back there right now because Carr got sacked one time in the game in 41 snaps. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> I'm liking that. 18 of the 19 runs were plus yards. That's good. And we, have a, we don't have a terrific running game. But the offense, this game came to life. Now, let's talk about the defense. The defense did enough to win this game. They stood up at the right times to win this contest. But this is 33 points, two games in a row. That is way too high. 33 points. That seems to be the magic number. That's what the Raiders have given up two games in a row now. Uh, uh, do they give up uh, north or south of 33, or does do the uh, Cleveland Browns hit it right on the head again? 33 all around. I'm going for 28, slightly under. I think somehow Johnny Football A plays and B makes some big plays, but uh, I don't know. Is this an offensive juggernaut that can win shootouts each and every week? I think uh, we just may find out over the next couple games. I mean, if our offense can continue to click like this, all we need is some help on defense. That's the focus. I mean, they brought some, <laughs> they brought in some linebackers. They brought some wide receivers. They got, got 11 players that came in Monday morning to try out for the Raiders. We're looking for talent. Uh, I didn't see any defensive backs. I, you know, Thorpe, Nico Thorpe played a great game. I mean, Hayden even played well. A lot of flags. What we have, 15 penalties for over 100 yards? I mean, that is, but that's Raider football. I mean, I could complain, but who would listen? Because nobody else seems to friggin' listen from the NFL, that is. We had a lot of penalties. We overcame a lot. They At least it was somewhat equal between the Ravens and the Raiders. The officiating, it blows. So what can I say? At least if it blows on both sides, both guys you know, get a happy ending. And anyways, there wasn't a single player that doesn't deserve praise that stepped on the field for Oakland on Sunday. Even the defense, like I said, that had a tough time, special teams rose to the occasion. I mean, Marquette King kicked a 60, what is it, 67-yard punt to their six-yard line? That's what I'm talking about. That changes games. 
this team, the Super Freaks, came out and played some freaking football. Car, 23-yard run. Who saw it? What a game. That was a great play. I got to give Musgrave and company uh, great props for calling a great game and allowing the players to, to play. It seemed like he had hamstrung those guys in the last game, and there just wasn't a lot of you know, attempts, even attempts. Long story short, it was a well-played game. I'm, I'm worried about our defense, but I think maybe it'll work out eventually. Mac did get a little hurt. I think he has a pulled groin muscle. But other than that, we came out pretty healthy, and we beat the Ravens, man. That was an unbelievable task. I got to say this, man. Great, freaking, exciting game. Good for the Raider Nation. Anybody who traveled here got a chance to see what the Raiders can be like. It's the Football Hour, featuring four-time pro bowler Lorenzo Neal and four-time Super Bowl champion Bill Romanowski. The NFL conversation starts now with Papa and Lund on 95.7 The Game. Your football hour. Thanks for joining us. Football Hour here, Pop and Lund and Low and uh, Romo join us in studios. They do every Tuesday at this time. All right, let's uh, let's start with the quarterback. Derek Carr from one week to the next uh, hits Amari uh, on the 68-yarder. Just in general, and but the big story obviously is going down the field, leading as the uh, field general winning that football game. How big is that for him? How big is it for this team to have confidence in a guy knowing that he can lead you down the field and, and beat a team like the Ravens? Yeah, for me, Pop, you you had the bullseye. You had the great view up there in watching that happen. I was watching in the stands, and it was interesting. This is what I saw, and you probably, Bill, you can chime in when you want. But think about it. The Ravens in that third and three, what they do? They showed cover zero, brought all the safeties up in the box, and acted as if they're going to play sticks. See, everyone thinks that everyone's going to double Amari Cooper. That's not true. They're going to bracket Crabtree because of the fight. Crabtree is a chain mover, a guy who can pick up the first down. So what they do, they go single, single man-to-man on Amari Cooper, brought cover zero down, both safeties came in the box, and right at the snap of the ball, safety tried to bail and play one single high. It was too late. Carr did a great job of holding it, disguising it. The line did a great job, and he let it go, had one-on-one coverage, that post corner, and you see the back of that young man is too late because he can run. You know, uh, the energy around what the, you know, we talked about this earlier when, when we walked in, the energy of the team the way um the way he w- Derek was executing and the offensive game plan was phenomenal compared to what they did the week before and he had two drops early by Amari yeah. the way uh, the fact that he came back and caught that touchdown that was awesome but Derek was a different guy that was not the guy we saw last week he was dead on. Those drops by Amari, they should have been caught. And I was like, what happened this past week to get him on track? Because that performance, that that can literally transcend this organization. It's one thing to be a good guy. And I talked about this on my TV show. It's one thing to be a good guy and everyone, and you're the quarterback where you're automatically a leader when you're in that position, but it's when you actually go out and start winning football games, when it's on the line is when things elevate where a team now will not only like you, but now they'll go down and fight for you 
every play. Plus, what, what's the mentality, too? Because, I mean, you played with Montana. And if you're in a close game, weren't you thinking, well, we got this. Joe's going to put it. Joe's just going to score no, for us. No, we went into every single game knowing if we played our game, we were going to win. If we played 49er football, we were going to win. So we felt like we were going to win every football game. Hey, there were times we didn't play. If Joe didn't play well, we lost. That simple. If Steve Young didn't play well, we lost. Same with um, Elway. If he didn't play well, which fortunate, very few times, those guys did not play well. Yeah, the guy we saw against the Bengals, to me, is the one that's out there. He's, he's not that guy. I mean, Derek has been highly accurate throughout his career. On point, can make every throw. He will make a mistake in, in, in crucial games. The Charger game last year, he made that last, uh, last interception of Verrett, and he made a bad one on, on Sunday. Oh. And I didn't know if it was he got pressure or what he saw, if he didn't see Will Hill the safety, and he thought that Crabtree won on the corner route. It was a horrible throw. But, you know, he's just he's one of these guys. He tries hard. He prepares hard. His heart's in the right place. But when he when he makes a mistake, he puts it behind him. And he goes on to the next play. He also threw a near pick on the goal line on that last drive. He came right back after that. But I think more than anything, Lo, it's just he's got weapons. He can make the throws. He's smart enough to see it. If you protect for him and he's comfortable, he'll stand in there. He took a big the the, uh, the post corner to uh, Cooper on the sixty eight yarder. Oh, took C. A, took a hit on that. All I saw was C J Mosley laying him out, and he knew he was going to get hit. He stood in there took the hit, and made the throw. But the big difference from last year, these two wide receivers are special. They're very different, but stylistically, sure. you can put a passing tree together with these two guys. I couldn't agree with you more. I think for the first time, he has two guys that can really, really change a game. One is a deep threat, and the other one is a, a chain mover by far. When you watch Cra Crabtree get in and out of breaks, the things he's able to do. I mean, the 15-yard comeback, him tapping the toes. Oh, Papa, you had time. to love that. Yeah. When you were going and you were watching that game, Pops, and you saw the, the interception, and you've seen that, you know, Ravens take the ball and go back and score. In two minutes left, when you're announcing the game, did you think this is the chance for this young man to become a Raider? Well, I, I didn't think they'd get the ball back. I, I, I thought that Mark Tressman, and you know how much I love him. Oh, yeah. He, no. he made a critical error throwing on second down. I, I, I mean, I thought their mindset was take it down to the nub, kick that field goal with one second to go, game over. But he, I don't know, I think he wanted to score a touch. I don't know what he did, Bill, but throwing on second down allowed the Raiders to get the ball back, needing only a field goal to lot tie, of time. with more than two minutes to go in the game. And that I think that was all on Mark Tressman and the yep. play call. Big, big and mistake. then, you know, another thing with, with Derek is what I saw is not only did the offensive line give him the protection, but he was going through his progressions. Yes. And it was like one, two, three, boom, ball out. Where, you know, last year it was more like maybe one, two, and I got to do something. Where he had the time this year to go all the way through to sometimes his third read and then, you know, throw the football. How about the first play of the game when they rolled him out? Oh. And, they, and it's interesting. Most guys, the first play, you want them to settle down and just have an easy one, a smoke route or... A backside sure. slant like sure. he had the last sure. game. But they thought it would settle him down to get him out of the pocket, move his feet, and hit the tight end, Lee Smith, underneath. And it seemed to work. Bill Musgrave had a really good he game. Did. Didn't he on Sunday? He called uh, a really good nice. game. nice. He really called a great game. And then you saw Derek Carr, when you watched him, even at Fresno, I seen this guy run a 67-yard touchdown. 
from from scrimmage. I mean, so speed's never been an issue with this guy, and he had. Oh, we saw it when he kept the ball. In the very next play, what they do then? They went to play action right after yeah. that. They still rolled the pocket. Yeah. He just beat him on a, on the on the on the pool around the corner. The next one pulled up. Pop now, throw. boom. Yeah. I kept, I kept thinking to myself, does Suggs make that much of a difference? I know he's a great player, but i tell you what. He's not the player he used to be. It's That was he's my twi- thing. I mean, he, he, in 2011, when he won the defensive player of the year, he was a he was a mother. He's not been that player. He's you know, a good but, player, but that's not why they got lit up. But for our offensive line to control that front the way they did, you know, I thought that that was Austin pretty. Howard they had a were. Good game. He, had he a really did good have a good game. game. Yeah. That to me, they were the MVP of the game. Tumerville's not the same player he was in Denver. Yeah. He's just not the same guy anymore. And, and they ran the ball. Uh, you, the Raiders made uh, one thing. I can say they had a. They continued to try to run the ball, even though it wasn't that effective. Pops, the least they tried, they said, "We're going to keep running the ball. We're going to dink, dink, dunk you." And in the passing game. The running back was big on a couple of those thirds yeah, down. The and they were to tough yards. The yeah. first play of the last drive was the one on the flat. Yeah. Yep. And he made a little deke and picked up 12. And the, and the big rap on uh, Murray is he's not good in the pass game. They thought, we got to get him off the field. He's gotten better yeah. catching the ball and running after the catch. No, hey, no. Uh, let, let's also, too, mention, you know, it, yeah, Crabtree and Amari had great games. But three big catches by Holmes. Oh, yeah. That Great one where he Great. took that big hit, you know, down in the red zone was like, they were clutch catches. And they are using him differently. They used him in, inside in the slot yeah. where the other coaches, because to me, when you look at Holmes in the practice field, he's simply a nine-route high ball jumper. Just send him on a fly, have him go up, two feet gather, go up. He's good at it because he's so big and long. That using him inside against smaller slot corners. Yep. And he's tough. I mean, I, I could not believe he caught that ball. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Three for 50. He got pulverized. And what was the play, boss? Think about it. There was a read option. He read it. Watch. Go back. And Latavius came in there. The safety stopped his feet. He got. He slipped through the middle. Boom. Ah, that was a where, where did they get that? Minnesota. No, but everybody <laughs> saw that, that from Minnesota. Now. What right. do you, what do you, being a, uh, one of the great lead blocking fullbacks in history, what, what do you think about this new? It's everywhere I watch now. It's a bubble left. It's a back right. It's a slant. It's a read. It's a pull. It, it, there's no lead. There's no eye back set. And it just seems like everybody in the league is doing it this way. Do you like running the ball this way except, you know, out of that gun run, I call them, and not doing it from under center with an eye yeah. back? I like I like what, it, what the dimension it brings because if you have a, if you have a dominant tight end, or a dominant receiver, you can put in a slide and, very, and just very detach him from the line just a little. And if you have a guy, a boy dog, that can run the ball and it makes the read so easy for the quarterback because he's riding him in the line and those linebackers, he's got to do what have he's got to take got, a step up. He's got to come and honor that yeah. run. No question. And then when he does that, the safety's looking now and the quarterback can read and knows his boy, where his help is and he can read and see the linebacker step and now the safety and that tight end is releasing. So it's that easy. Okay, I'm a pull. I can pop pass. I can pull and I can run. It just puts defenses, Bill, in a tough position. You played on that side uh, of the ball. I mean, mis- misery because you have to respect it. You have to. If you don't respect it, they're going to get four yards against you. So your first step has to be to attack. You have to. 
Everybody's doing it. It is the basic running formation of football. They may not pull it. They all do it. It's all, it's the same stuff. It's it's such a copycat league. A bunch one way outside the numbers and then a gun run off the slant. That's all they do. Well, the next piece to our offense is getting our tight end involved, whether that be Rivera, Moore, or Clive. If we can get him going, I'll tell you what. Yeah. It could they get tried scary. the last game. They're, no, they, I know. There was matchups against Baltimore's yeah. Packers. Yeah. All right. Let's flip it to the other side. They they give up though thirty three points. The downside is they've given away or given up thirty three points in the first two games. Obviously, an injury on the back end. Charles played eighty one of eighty two plays with that bum shoulder. So you got to like that. You mean sixty points in the first two games? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> sixty six. Yeah. Sixty six. Thirty three per game. Sixty six. Thirty three each game. So defensively, what can they do? DJ played a little bit better. Nico Thorpe had the interception at the end, but they still have no sacks defensively, what are you seeing on that side of the ball? Because obviously you're not going to be able to score 37 every week, and right now they have to. Well, I saw a handful of 3-4 defense. Oh, yeah. You know, which I was like, I like that. Okay, now we got to get where we can bring some pressure because if we cannot get pressure with four, we have to bring another guy. There's no way around it because we don't have the guys who can cover. And there's very few guys in this league. You can, last night the Jets, you can put that group of defensive backs and they can stay with a guy for four seconds. But very few teams have corners that can stay with receivers four and five seconds. We don't have that. So that we have to figure out a way to get a pass so How do you rush. get Alden and well, you got two here, guys there? How do you get him going? I got an idea. And when you're seeing that 3 4, it's Alden standing up, but he is playing yes, the end. He is. So, but here's my thought. Instead of 52 going one way and 99 going the other, and they just flip it, and almost every time Alden likes to rush from the defense's right over the left tackle. He has about five snaps on the other side, and Khalil likes the other side. Why don't they use Khalil Mack the way the Niners use Justin Smith? Well, I want 99 right behind 52. And let fifty, and he would be, and low Justin Smith was a game wrecker. No, no question. But all, uh, Khalil would be better. At it because he's younger, he's stronger. It plays to his skill set. He's not an edgy guy. He's a power guy. Let him go in there and take two guys and just split it and rip it. Hold him, grab him, and let ninety nine loop in right behind him. I, I think they're going to do some of that. I think when you look at Jethro Franklin, defensive line coach ahead of him, Fresno, great guy. You you see, he's trying to get these guys going. He's constantly on this front four, front seven, saying, "Hey, we got to put pressure on this quarterback." They're not going to compromise integrity of the secondary for no reason because of the fact they know they can't cover. If you go, if you compromise integrity of the secondary, you have too many windows, and you, like you said, Bill, your corners can't cover. Think about two teams that both the Jack Del Rio and think about Kenny Norton. Both teams, Denver, Seattle, they're teams that don't blitz a lot, that won't compromise integrity of secondary, they just play base. Now, when they do come after you, high percentage of getting sacks. But these two teams, Jack, they call Jack no blitzo because Jack and Denver did not bring a lot of pressure. And if you look down well, in Seattle... He had Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware. They didn't have to. He didn't have to. But the same thing with Ken Norton in Seattle. These are two coaches that don't believe that you bring a lot of pressure from the field. That's just who... Well, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle didn't have to. So... You know, Greg, you put those two together, automatically they're going to turn the line that direction. The other side, you got to get Justin Tuck to where he can get off a block and get to the passer. That's the key to that. Because if Justin Tuck can start getting off, you can put those two together. But until you get somebody, a defensive end on the other side that can get to the passer, 
I, I think, I just think Alden needs a little help. He does. I mean, Justin Smith made Alden Smith a pro bowler. No question. I mean, so in, no question. In, Alden did play better last game. And see what you had in San Francisco when they did that. You had Ahmad Brooks on the other side. And Ahmad was getting seven, eight sacks a yeah, season right. when you had that other tandem on the other side. I think he's just got two weeks. I think Justin Smith's going to I think Alden Smith's going to come around. Yeah, he looked better. I, he looked better. He The last two weeks, he's the only guy who's got even a hit on the quarterback. Mac doesn't have even a pressure. When you look he got at, a hit on Flacco. Did he get one? Well, no one he whiffed, whiffed on, Flacco he whiffed on the blind side. Yeah, I thought Flacco's going to die here. Yeah. Here he comes 52 around the corner. He, touched, and he, yeah. he didn't sack him. I know. How did he get out of that? <laughs> he just felt the pressure. But no, <laughs> yeah, that was a guy. I thought he was going to kill him, too. But you, you got Alden is going. I think I think he's going to get his foot, his sea legs underneath him. It's only played two games. Had to come in out on Friday. Now he's got one week yeah, under his Friday, belt. Played Sunday. So uh, hopefully this guy can turn around. And I think a lot of it's to build. Bill, I think a lot has to do too. Is playing on that field, playing on that dirt. Yeah. These defensive guys, they can't. They oh, can't I hate really, it. They can't. It does do, can't plant. It does you slow down cannot the plant on the dirt. Can't plant. It, it clearly slows down the, the pass rush. Yeah, there's no doubt. But that's the uh, that's the Raiders side of things. But, to get the but I will say this. Yeah. Our defensive backs made some more plays. Nico Thorpe. Nico Thorpe stepped up. And DJ in the slot. DJ, DJ better. played better. He did better. And Carey played better, too. Yeah, he punched that ball out on the first yeah. play of the game for a fumble. TJ's fine. We could listen to Carr for a second. Let, let, let's see what the young man uh, of character, our quarterback, has to say. One of many. Oh, That's how you change a culture now. That's how you fight, bro. That's how you do it. Against that team, that's a great job. Hey, guess what? Let's get ready for the next one. Okay? Hey, this is what we do, man. This shouldn't be a big surprise. We've been doing this all offseason. This is what we do. I love y'all, man. Win on three. One, two, three. Win! Derek, how's it going? It was big time in us after a game-winning drive. Hey, doing good. How you guys doing? Good. What are you up to today? Uh, nothing. <laughs> are you at home or are you uh, no, I'm definitely. I, I got my got a little treatment in now. I'm, I'm just sitting here at home, uh, relaxing, and uh, just trying to rest up, get ready for you know the work week. Uh, How did you feel when you woke up this morning in terms of physically sore? Uh, definitely sore. Yeah, and uh, you know that's like every game, but you know there was definitely a few more <laughs> uh, this time. Um, you know they're a physical team. You know that that stuff's going to happen. You know, we were laughing about it earlier. We played the uh, the post-game comments from you when you said we've done this a thousand times before and somebody said when. And you said, well, in practice and in Madden uh, <laughs> against my brothers, that sort of thing. But, I mean, did you feel like you when you, you throw the interception, you come to the sideline, did you feel good about the fact that you were going to have a chance to win the game? Well, what was the conversation like at that point? Oh, yeah. You know, for me, you see, uh, you know, everyone's probably upset. Everyone's like, dang, you know, you know, maybe that was our chance and all that. But to me, it's just, hey, guys, you know, let's relax. Let's take a breath. Uh, you know, we're going to go right back out there and let's win this thing. And that was kind of everybody's mindset. You know, you just look around and everyone just had that belief that, yeah, you know what, let's get this ball back. Um, you know, our defense will hold them here and we'll get the ball back and we'll go win this thing. So, um, you know, there's definitely confidence on the sideline. And I'm just, you know, so thankful. You know, praise God, man, we got another chance to get the ball back and go down and win. Well, let's start midway through the fourth quarter. You know, you throw it to Crabtree. What what were you seeing there, and what was your first thought when you realized Will Hill had picked it off? Oh, man. So, yeah, I dropped back, and uh, you know, I saw the safety and Crab. You know, I was going to have a chance of a one-on-one ball with Crab, and I went to throw it, and the guy hit my arm. 
and I couldn't follow through all the way. Um, but with that said, I could probably uh, have progressed on and just kept the ball safer in that situation. Um, you know, and that's that's a great learning moment. You know that hey, you know you're not always going to get a chance to get the ball back and get a win. You know, so uh, it was a great learning moment for me. Again, you know, I'm still learning this game each and every week, just like we all are. But uh, you know, I did see a one-on-one chance, and you know, I just let it go and try to give crap a chance. On the touchdown pass, the next series, not to skip over some stuff, we might go back, but on, did you feel like when you came to the line, you had the play called that was going to get you a touchdown? Oh, yeah. You know, when Coach, uh, you know, Coach, Coach Musgrave feels so confident, you know, when, when talking to him on the sideline, um, you know, because there was a penalty right then, so I had a chance to run over and talk to him real quick. You know, just hearing him talk and how confident he was, he's like, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and to, to go out there, you know, it just instilled confidence in me when I broke the huddle that, yeah, this is, you know, find the matchup, find the one-on-one that's going to work, and, you know, we did. So, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for that one. You know, two plays that stood out to me on that final drive beside the touchdown pass was the first play of the drive when Latavius makes two guys miss, gets 12 yards, and you guys get a lot of momentum, which, you know, your only timeout left is a two-minute warning. It felt like, okay, and then the crab tree, you shuffle your feet, move over, you throw a strike, and he makes just a big league catch on the sideline. How big were those two plays and those two players that made the plays? Oh, absolutely. You know, Latavius, you know, we always tell him, hey, you know, two-minute drives, you're the MVP. You know, running backs all across the league, you'll see that. You know, I think we saw one last week with Romo against, uh, you know, against the Giants, you know, where he hit the back, and I think it was a 30-40 yard gain. You know, running backs in two minutes. You know, those guys are the real MVPs. Is that because and, they're dropping so many guys on defense back to not absolutely. hit big plays? You know, some teams do it differently. And, you know, you just got to know the personality of the coordinator and what they want to do. Uh, you know, but some teams like to pressure and, and make you uh, try and force balls uh, quick into zone coverage. And other teams just play soft and just kind of make you try and force it in there. So it's really a big-time patience game, especially when the clock's running. You know, you got to be patient. But at the same time, you got to be in a hurry, you know. So uh, when Latavius can make a whole bunch of guys miss and get 12 yards, um, you know, that's a credit to him because they want to rally to that tackle and make it. And then Crabtree, you know, you guys know, I've said this before, he makes catching look boring. You know, it's easy to him. So all he knew is, you know, I'm going to catch the ball, so now I just got to tap my feet down. And uh, he made a great job. He made a great play. There was something listening to the game, not to bring up uh, uh, passes into coverage, but I think it was the third quarter into double coverage to Amari. And Lincoln Kennedy said on the side that you kind of looked at the sideline and said, hey, I just wanted to take a shot. I just, my bad, I just wanted to take a shot. Um, was that what happened? Did you just feel like, oh, I see I see Amari out there. I just got to take this shot? Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, there's, you know he, he does such a great job of, uh, you know, outrunning people <laughs> when the ball's in the air. And, uh, you know, so once I saw them kind of not really getting out of there, uh, I knew that Amari would have a chance to outrun him once the ball was in the air. So, I gave him a chance and he ended up getting a flag on that play. Um, you know, but he, he's so dangerous that, you know, if you want to stay on top of him, you better, you, you got to be running full speed or else, you know, there's a good chance that we can take that throw. It seems like Amari's that, uh, the first drive, especially the touchdown, that was pretty symbolic of your guys' entire game. Like he dropped two passes that Amari Cooper probably catches with his eyes closed, but then you didn't even blink, hit him on the D. De- I mean, he ran a great route on Jimmy Smith. It's a really good corner. I mean, do you ever, I mean, Amari, I mean, talk about a guy, does he ever get affected by a drop? I mean, it seems like he's just on to the next play. No, it's amazing about him. You know, literally when after those two plays happened and he caught the touchdown, you know, I was so excited for him and all that. I come to the sideline, hey, congrats, man, on your first touchdown. And he just shook his head no. He said, man, 
He said, I won't drop another one today. He said, I owe you. And all he could think about was that he let the team, you know, down in his mind that dropping balls like, well, bro, you just kind of gave us a 68-yard touchdown. You know, uh, it's okay. You know, we're going to be all right. Just keep playing. But his mindset isn't about himself. His mindset is about the team and us winning. You know, so it hurt him so bad that he dropped a couple balls that all he thought about is making up for that for the team and not himself. He wasn't thinking about a touchdown or anything like that. He was thinking about the team at that moment, and that says a lot about his character. Back to the game-winning touchdown, did you guys get the coverage you thought you were going to get, and was Seth Roberts the number one option on that play? Yeah, to be honest, man, they, they had shown some different things on film, um, especially from there. You know, there was a chance that we could get it. Obviously, teams are going to switch things up. you got to be ready for, like, unscouted looks and things like that, um, depending on where you're at. But, uh, honestly, you know, versus that coverage, usually, you know, the Michael pushed to Seth, and then you'll have a good chance of throwing a one-on-one ball um, to Rivera. And so when I dropped back, I was looking to the right, and I saw the mic push to Rivera. And so I knew that if Seth you know, read the coverage right and uh, beat his guy, that he was going to be open. So he beat his guy, and I let it go. And Seth did a great job of reading the coverage and doing the right thing. Derek Carr, our guest, Haberman and Middlecoff on 95-7 the game. When you took the zone read run and broke off for a first down, did you think about stiff-arming a defender? Oh, uh, yes. I thought about lowering my shoulders. Um, <laughs> definitely. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, I gotta be smart. You know, everyone all week, get out of bounds, slide, get out of bounds, slide. So, uh, they said it enough to where I actually thought about it and I, I tapped out of bounds real quick, but, uh, I definitely thought about it, but I'm not paid to do that. Was the wind blowing hard going into the left end zone? Cause it looked like a ball died on Flacco and the one you hit the crab tree. It looked like when the ball got in the air, it kind of it ballooned a little bit. It seemed like the wind was humming up there. You know, honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, I'll just take the blame for it. Like, it was a bad throw. Um, you know, uh, I didn't know that happened to Flacco also. Um, you know, but someone actually mentioned that to me after the game. They asked the same thing. I said, honestly, I didn't know. I didn't notice it. Uh, you know, I just felt like I threw it bad. So, I, I'm not very sure. How'd you, you, you go to Carl's Jr. or anything yeah, last how'd night? you celebrate last night? Did you eat? No, I, we had about 40 friends and family at the house. <laughs> and uh, what did I get? What did I get yesterday? I got a, I got a BJ's Brew House. Yeah. I had a little chicken, balsamic chicken with some mashed potatoes. That's how I celebrated. <laughs> balsamic chicken. See, if I just wanted to get, I would have gone three by three, triple, triple cheeseburger or something <laughs> like that. Change the eating habits, you know. <laughs> oh, man. That's later on. That's later on in the year. <laughs> At what point this? At what point last week, Derek? Did your hand feel okay? By the way, because I mean, you think oh. about where we were the week prior. I was like, oh, is this guy going to be able to play? Is he going to be able to throw the ball? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, it, it got it got drastically better the first couple of days. Um, you know, really Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday got drastically better, and then you know me, I'm not trying to miss a snap in practice, um, all those kind of things. So, you know, it kind of got sore uh, towards the end of the week. And then in the game, it, you know, before the game, I, you know, obviously it was, you know, just praying that it'd feel better. Um, and, uh, you know, once I got to the game, it was one of those things like I, was, I honestly wasn't even thinking about it. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a factor at all. But, uh, you know, it'll be sore for a little bit, but it's, you know, it's it's way better than where it was. What about Charles Woodson, who played through a separated shoulder and did not miss a snap? Man, isn't that unbelievable? I mean, that is, uh, talk about, you know, talk about heroic things uh, for a guy going there. He's in there laying his head in there trying to tackle people with that shoulder. You know, that that kind of stuff, man, just blows my mind. And stuff that I'm glad that you noticed it, uh, that that you saw that. Because a lot of people don't notice that kind of stuff. The guy <laughs> separates his shoulder or whatever he did. And, uh, you know, 
know, he was walked off, you know, the field last week and he's back in there doing absolutely whatever it takes to win at, you know, at 38, 39, you know, years old, you know, it, it's unbelievable to me what he does. Did you tell him you played with a jam thumb? I did. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't because uh, it, I would feel definitely lesser of those two if I did that, and he'd probably he'd probably laugh at me if I did anyway. <laughs> uh, real quick, looking ahead, there's a chance Johnny Manziel plays this weekend against you guys. How, how well do you know you? You have any uh, Johnny football stories? You've been you've been with Johnny much? No, I, I, honestly, the only times I've been around him, you know, we were uh, on the same little draft visit uh, in Cleveland. We were uh, we were together obviously at the combine, and he, he's a great guy, man. You know, he's fun to. Fun to be around. Good dude. Um, you know, good to talk about football with. Uh, you know, I, I I told him, man, I wish him the best. Talked to him after we played the Browns last year. Talked to him after the game for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think he'll you know he'll always be a friend that you, know, you can talk to throughout the week and uh, you know throughout our careers. But you know, I wish him the best. You know, <laughs> every week except this week. <laughs> yeah, that was a game last year. You guys had a, you guys played pretty well. Had a chance to win on the road. Just how, how big is it? Just this season, playing well on the road and getting over that hump and getting wins. Uh, yeah. Aside from the Coliseum. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, we have to win on the road. Something we didn't do last year um, at all. And so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this is a new team. This is a new season. Uh, you know, but we have to go out and do it. You know, we got to put the work in. We've seen the kind of effort and the determination and you know, you know, relentlessness it takes to win in this league um, against good football teams and. Going into Cleveland is not an easy place to play, so you know we're gonna have to work really hard this week in practice, take care of our bodies, and be ready to go. Go route to Amari on the first series for us. <laughs> oh man, uh, maybe run a skinny to. post yeah, if you I, want. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. All right, thanks, just, man. That's just an audible. Then appreciate Congra- it, man. Big win, congrats. Hey, hey, appreciate you guys. Glad I could answer all your questions this time. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, fine performance yeah. by you, Derek. Fine performance. <laughs> all right, guys. And I used to think that Andrew Luck was the class act of the NFL. I believe that he has a rival here. Uh, Might be taking him over real soon. Derek Carr, um, great kid. And on that game, I got to say, we got to look forward to the next one. We'll talk about that in a second. But I got to say this, go Raiders, great job. Game balls to every single person on that team all the way to the staff, man. I'm telling you, you really pulled one out this week and made the Raider Nation proud. And that is all I have to say about that. And next, the pregame for perhaps Johnny Manziel. Johnny football. Yes, the Brownies. The Raiders travel to Cleveland. Let's talk about it. Oakland Raiders traveled to humid, hot, miserable Cleveland, Ohio for their first away game of the season. Uh, I know it's tough to travel. Raiders have had a very hard time traveling, but like we've said, every season you must win away games. 
you must learn how to win some of these away games. The Cleveland Brownies, uh, I think, probably will go with Manziel because they know what they have in Josh McGowan, but who knows, whoever they go with. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. It's great to have you along this Tuesday afternoon, and we are going to head to the city of Cleveland, ESPN's Aaron Goldhammer. You can hear him on 850 ESPN Radio there, and it is uh, one of the great sports cities in the world. It really is, for all the right and the wrong reasons sometimes. Aaron, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you, sir? Well, it was a heck of an intro for both me and for Cleveland, Damon. I, it was sort of like a backhanded compliment. Well, that's... <laughs> We'll take it just as such. That's what you get. I mean, it, the backhanded compliment in Cleveland is simply known as a compliment, right? Right. At least it's a compliment. <laughs> the glass is half full way of looking at it, yeah. Well, here's the thing. It looked like in this last week, your glass was half full, and it was Johnny Football who was pouring the liquid. And now the rumor is today that Josh McCown's concussion protocol is going well. And that if he's cleared, he is going to be back in for Manziel. Do you think that should happen if it does? Um, I think it's ridiculous if that's what the Browns end up doing. Look, there was more energy in that stadium, both from the players and the fans, on Sunday when Johnny threw that touchdown pass on third and six with four minutes to go to win the game than I've seen at a Browns game in almost 10 years that I've been living here. Now, I know the coaches want to do the conservative and prudent thing, and they don't have a lot of trust and confidence in Johnny football. But it's not like the Browns have, you know, a world-beater quarterback sitting over there on the bench. This is Josh McCown we're talking about. They don't have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady waiting to come in off the bench. And, you know, if they really think that Josh McCown gives them the best chance to win We've got real problems. Johnny just won a game. So I don't understand their logic. I, I can't – I don't even think this is that hard of a decision, to be honest with you, Damon. And, and I think it's bizarre that the reports are that that's where they're leaning. Now, one other point I want to make on this issue is that they don't have a decision to make at all until McCown clears the concussion protocol. So if he never clears the concussion protocol, Johnny will just play. Obviously, the fans would rather see Manziel, the vast majority of them. There are a few that hate Johnny and hold what happened last year against him. But most of the people want to see Manziel on Sunday. The other interesting side note here, I think most of the players in the Browns' locker room would prefer to stick with Manziel. I, I just don't think it's that complicated. Just like the Raiders, the Browns don't win a lot of games. So when they win one, then you're going to change quarterbacks after you just won one in a game where a guy threw a, a big touchdown pass with under five minutes to go. You're going to switch away from that guy to play Josh McCown. I, I just I don't understand why this is even such a debate. And it still sounds like the Browns are going to do the obvious wrong thing here. It's bizarre. Cleveland host Aaron Goldhammer here on 95.7 The Game. What is the difference between Manziel last year and Manziel this year? And I don't say this to be trite. Is it sobriety? Sure. I think that's the first thing. Um, I don't know, you know, in the end, Damon, what Manziel was in that rehab center for. Some say he was addicted to alcohol. Others say it was drugs. Some say he was there just because he was addicted to his own fame and he needed to get away from that for a while. 
But whatever happened there, at least for the time being, he seems like a different guy off the field. You don't see him on social media. You don't see him out at the bar. You don't see him drinking. You don't see him carousing with the likes of Justin Bieber and Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, so I think that side of it, he gets now what it takes to work hard to be an NFL quarterback. You've got to work more than any other player on the roster. You've got to be the first guy in, the last guy out. So I think that he understands. From his teammates' perspective also, you know, I think he seems more focused. He seems to have made football and not booze and clubs and girls the number one priority in his life, which as a second-year quarterback is exactly what he needed to do. And I'll say, too, I think that for him, he is at his best when everyone is counting him out. At Texas A&M, they thought he was going to be a disaster. Nobody in Tyler thought he could play quarterback in high school, and yet he was a first-round pick in the NFL. Right. Mac Brown so thought I he'd think, be a great safety. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, so he wasn't even recruited at UT. Mac may have lost his job over that decision. So I think that the other thing that's different about him, Damon, is that he's in a position now to be where he's at his best when everyone is counting him out as the underdog. Our defense should be able to handle this team. Now, the Browns have a vicious defense. Uh, so far, against the Tennessee Titans, they have one guy, Travis Benjamin, 300 freaking yards. That's crazy. A run back from a touchdown from a punt and two 100-yard freaking passes from Johnny Football, who escaped the pocket and made these rocket throws to this guy who got behind everybody. But that is against the Tennessee Titans. Not to say that they're not good, but that day they certainly weren't very good. And their offense with Mariota getting sacked seven times, uh, that was not a very good thing. And and the poor kid had a tough day. Uh, The Titans' defense fooled him constantly, and there was pressure. He took too long to throw the ball. Bad day for the Titans. When you open up a Cleveland box score, you see Travis Benjamin's name popping out of it. He's got 204 receiving yards, three touchdowns on just six catches in seven total targets. I mean, how do you get this guy more involved if you're Cleveland? Well, I think now he's going to become the focal point of their offense. The Browns have one playmaker, and his name is Travis Benjamin. You know, they're they're running backs. Their wide receiving core might be the worst in the league. Uh, But Johnny has found a way to get him the ball, to, to Manziel's credit. You know, he's Send him deep, and he's got speed. Benjamin has worked hard to be a complete receiver in the offseason. Went to Miami, always has been a good special teams player. Um, tore his ACL a few years ago and really hasn't been the same since. Although now, you know, I just think he's worked his way into learning not only what it takes to be just a deep threat, but he's become a complete player. And I think if the Raiders are going to key in on one guy this week, no matter who's playing quarterback, that they're going to have to watch Birmingham for a big play, it's got to be Travis Benjamin. But the Raiders, with the offense we have and, and actually the wide receiver core, we we should be able to win this game. And I don't say easily, but we should be able to win this game. If they come out and play with the intensity and the anger that they did last week against the Ravens, who are a 10 times better team, by the way, than the Brownies. And let me say this. I'm sick of losing to the Browns. 
You know, whatever their record is, they come to Oakland, they beat us. I don't get it. I don't get what the Brown curse, maybe that's the way I should describe it, the Brown curse. (laughs) That shit's got to end this week, folks. The Raiders got to go into Cleveland and shut down whoever the hell's throwing the football because I'll tell you right now, they're running the ball pretty good too. Average of four yards per carry is not bad. And if... If they can get anybody open on top, I don't think so. But perhaps we could have some trouble. But I believe in my heart that our defense can match their defense, even the secondary. And our offense is way better than the Cleveland Browns offense. That's it. Now, that's all on paper. You can take that to the freaking bank. But here's the problem. The Raiders are traveling to Cleveland. You know, they're... they're (laughs) There could be some issues with this because when you travel, it's the hardest thing to do. The lines are blurred when you travel from the west to the east or the east to the west. Every team has this issue, but it's just the way it is. We must overcome that. We just got to go and play football and win this game. It's absolutely freaking possible. If we can do this and travel away... Listen, we have two away games. We gotta, we gotta come back home, uh, you know, at least winning two of these games. We can beat the Browns. I'm hoping we gotta beat the Browns. We got another away game, but we gotta start with the Brownies. But before we come back on a Sunday in Oakland to face the Broncos, I want us to be at least two and two or three and one on the record because those numbers work well for the Oakland Raiders at home. Now there you have a team that's got some momentum, got some serious pride, and most of all, has confidence that he can get the job done like it did last Sunday. I'm looking to the Raiders to beat the Browns in a string of two, perhaps three wins away for the first time in a decade. Yes, call me whatever. I have to be positive. I can't. The numbers don't lie, but then you never know who's going to show up on Sunday. Let's hope that the Raiders show up on Sunday and kick some ass because I'm sick of these Browns and I'm sick of this crap about Johnny Football. I want to throw up every time I hear that name. Johnny freaking Football. Really, bro? That is all I have to say about that. No, here's what I want to say. Are you going to get beat by a guy named Johnny Football? I I could never live with that. Let's Let's go to work, Raiders. Because Johnny Manziel is no Joe Flacco, and we took care of business there, folks. Now, right, it's time for the bone line. Let me just say, you guys are off the hook. Love the Raider Nation. You guys know I do. You guys are the bomb. Let's hear it from the fans. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Get on it. Ladies, I know you're out there. I know you have to listen to it. <laughs> Call up and let's hear it. All right, who's first on the line? And our first caller is Raider Malik from Tucson. What is going on? We had a great 
Big Raider Randy. This is Raider Malik from Tucson calling after the win. Just got the interception. It's official. We got our first victory of the year. Wasn't perfect. Defense definitely left people uh, having heart attacks. Uh, secondary was horrible. Horrible tackling. Horrible scheming on the defensive coordinator side. But Carr and the offense found a way. The defense found a way. We fought. That's what we got to do. We got to fucking just fight and just try to win by any means necessary, baby. Just win. And that's what they did. I love it. It's against a quality team. You got to love that shit. The offense was moving. Uh, they actually got Cooper in the game, throwing to some tight ends. Murray looked all right against that tough D. Janikowski was on point. Oh, my God. I can't fucking believe it, Greg. I can't believe it. Big win. Big win. This is going to send a message. This is a different team, different year. We got it. Now we've got to keep on moving on, make that progress, you know, fix the mistakes, that, that intercession by Carr. Oh, my God. I don't want to get into that. That's why I'm saying the positive right now. And uh, we got to win. Yeah! All right. Raider Nation. Raider Malcolm Tucson. Peace. I think that pretty much says what happened Sunday afternoon <laughs> because we're all feeling the same way, man. Everything you said about the defense, the cliffhanger, having that feeling that something's coming up your rectum like a hand ready to rip your heart out. Well, didn't happen this Sunday. Beautiful game. Love the excitement. What can I say? And our next caller from Carolina, Raider Ruben is in the house. What's up, bro? What a game. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Andy, Raider Nation. This is Ruben from North Carolina calling. Man, what a game that was. And all I have to say is, how about that car on that last drive? Man, you know, when he threw that interception, I was going to jump on the bandwagon of, of uh, or actually I was going to jump off his bandwagon and join the bandwagon of all the haters, the car haters. But I think I'm sick, stick around a little bit longer and keep riding the car. Uh, what a what a last drive that was. My God. I mean, the defense came in the clutch at the end. Um, man, I, I don't know what else to say, but. I just hope we ride this wave into Cleveland next weekend. Um, I hope we do. We show Johnny football, you know, what a real football team is like. Man, all I have to say is, Raiders! What a game. Lacking in D, but, you know, we toe-to-toe with these guys, really. It was very, very well planned, I think. We got lucky at the right times. Uh, and we played very hard, man. There's no way around it. Carr, there's no hater bandwagon for Carr. We just want him to do what we know he can do. So he did that this game. Man, that takes moxie, bro, and he took some big hits. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is the Pennsylvania Raider. Very long-time contributor. What is up, my brother? up nations pennsylvania raider that was the tale of two cities 
It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. But where the hell was this last week? Where the hell was this last week? This is like a totally different team. Uh, wow. I mean, we were spotted 10 points, almost gave it up, but we won, man. Great, great game. The defense needs help, though. I mean, my God, they couldn't recover. They couldn't cover a tight end for their lives. They couldn't tackle. But, um, wow, man, heart goes a long way. This, this, this is the Raider team that we all want. Where the hell was this last week? What happened? Like, did Del Rio guarantee them a blowjob after, the, after their first win or what? Eh, whatever. Whatever wins. Whatever helps. Let's keep it up. Hopefully we can get a win at Cleveland. Pennsylvania Raider, I'm out. Yeah, my thoughts exactly on who are these guys. Let's just hope it's not like Jekyll and Hyde the rest of the season. Let's hope that Hyde comes out every game and scares the crap out of every team. Uh, <laughs> love the call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Realist. I love this call. What's up, brother? What's up, Raider Nation? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to call myself Raider Realist. All right, because this is my first time calling in from the East Coast, and I got some stuff I got to say about the way this podcast and these callers treated the Raiders after last week's loss. All right, now I was going to call in before tonight's game and say some stuff, but I said, hey, maybe they had some points. I'll wait until the end. And then Derek Carr battles back, scores the touchdown, and the Raiders are one and one. All right, now I'll tell you what, Raider Gray, I don't want to hear a positive word out of your mouth this week. Because you absolutely shit on our Raiders last week. You shit on them, counted them out, compared them to the Art Shell team. I don't want to hear you say a word about how Derek Carr is the franchise quarterback, about how he battled back today, how he kept composed, because you counted them out last week when that caller did. I don't want to hear a word about this defense not coming up because the defense has problems, but I don't want to hear you talk about the positives because last week there were none. All right. If we're going to be negative, we're going to be negative. Not me. Raider realist. I'll keep it real. Khalil Mack should be a linebacker. He shouldn't be on the line. You want to keep it real. That's a fact. All right. He's a waste of talent down there. You want to keep it real. DJ Hayden is a scrub, but our secondary stepped it up. Nico Thorpe is trying to show himself. All right. You want to be real? You let me call in. Otherwise, you guys can keep being negative. Jump in the conclusions. That's it. I'm out. I hear you. I respect you. Respect what you say, brother. I'm just saying it how I see it, and they were shit last week, and if you didn't think so, I'm sorry that you disagree with me, but that's how they looked, and there's been many years of that look, and quite honestly, I for one, I'm tired of seeing it, and the game this week, Jekyll and Hyde, I hope not, I hope it's consistency, but... I appreciate your call. Call back in. Say what you will, because there's no censoring on this show. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Justin from Binghamton, New York. What's up, brother? Hey, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Uh, This is Justin from Binghamton, New York. So first of all, let me say thank you for uh, all the work you guys do. I've been listening for a couple of years from the other side of the nation, so it's a great place to get my Oakland Raiders news and uh, opinions, not from the national media, because, you know, they dog us, of course. 
I just got done watching the uh, Raiders come back on the Ravens. I'm going to say this. I think Derek Carr is legit. I think we need to give him a chance to take his lumps and come back. When's the last time we had a quarterback you could have in the fourth quarter with two minutes and he drove us down the field? They're young. They got to learn. But this team is legit. I was as down as anyone after the first week. Um, but, man, they're taking their lumps and they're learning how to win, and I'm riding high on that one. Uh, just wanted to call in for the first time and give you my opinion. And, again, thank you guys for all that you do. All right. Peace out, Raider Nation. Again, there's no car haters. He's our quarterback, man. Sometimes I hate the throws he makes, but, you know, let's just chill out on that right now. It's a team game. They play great as a team this week. Thanks for the call, man. And next, it's Raider John from the Northwest Raider Booster Club. What is up, man? Raider John from the Northwest Raider Booster Club. Man, during the last uh, last week, we all stayed there. This week, of course, it's about time we show that we finalized the potential that we all saw. And, yes, you said it last week. I listened to your show talking about what Kool-Aid we were drinking. Well, we were drinking the right Kool-Aid. We just had a bad performance, and it really wasn't that terrible. Only two hits and two to, two quarterback hurries against our quarterbacks. One interception with DJ Carey shutting the guy down. And I'm talking about last week against Cincy. And we're seeing Cincy as a real team. They've been in the same system for 10 years um, with the same coach. So now we really need to start building that process. And it looks like Reggie will not be fired. Thank God. I just want consistency. And through consistency with the right head coach, up and down, same system, drafting people to the system, we can have a good football organization for a long time. And I said it. It's not about the, get, the wins and losses, believe it or not. It's about the organization being great and having continued success. And if you follow uh, franchises like, like the, um, the Green Bay Packers and the Patriots, or the, the or the team we just beat, the Baltimore Ravens or the Pittsburgh Steelers, even the Cincinnati Bengals. Consistency is the one thing they all have um, in the organization. They have the GM, they have their um, their, their coach locked up. So thanks for the win. It was a great ride. I have no voice. As you can hear, my voice is, is breaking up. We were at the bar, and, um, shoot, it felt so good. And to have a comeback win, that's where you want because that's how you determine quarterback. So this John up here in Tacoma. We're there every single week on 48th and Yakima. If you ever hear in um, the Seattle area, 48th and Yakima, Tacoma, that's where we, we, we go. And uh, what we need to do is a booster club. We're trying to get ready to get some money so we continue to do this because when the times were down, the only place we had to get any information was here. So thank you very much for everything, Raider Greg. I hope to see you at a game this year. Um, and, uh, of course, we don't know what the record's going to be, but at least we know we're going to fight hard. Good uh, congratulations, Jack Delry, on the first win. And we got a long, long, long way to go. All right. Hopefully, we can make a playoff chase at the end. If we do like last year, protect home and finish strong, then we will have something special here. Let's see. First win and a long winner rolls to go. All right. And I don't see uh, the next two games are winnable. You know that. But we like playing at home. At least we can try to get that secure. So it wasn't a false thing. Derek Hart liked to win at home. All right, let's get that solid up and then and then make it impossible to come in here to the, to the black hole, and then let's get a couple on the road this year, guys. All right, man. Go 
fucking right Yeah. Love that call. Love that wisdom. Exactly what you said. I have to eat the words right now on the Reggie thing, and I will. Because, uh, man, it sure looks like these guys might be the real deal. This game was not just a fluke, I don't think. It looks good on the offense. Defense needs work, but that's with growth. So we'll see, man. It sure looked good this week, and I got to eat my words, but they're showing something. Our next caller is Raider DJ. Love this call, man. It's awesome. Check it out. Raider Craig. This is Raider DJ. Fresh off a 37-33 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. A quote-unquote lock playoff team. Got a few things to say about the game. First and foremost, fuck yeah, baby! Secondly, when's the last time we had two receivers go over 100 yards and a touchdown? Raider Greg, can you look that up? Because I don't know. We also had nearly 100 yards rushing as a team, which seems to always result in a win. No shit, Musgrave. Keep running the rock. The defense came to play. I had to go put some eye drops in my eyes because I saw DJ Hayden out there making plays. I saw T.J. Carey out there making plays, which I wasn't too surprised about. I really like Carey. And overall, I thought it was a fucking great goddamn game. Before I saw this, the schedule and the season opened up, I saw Bengals-Ravens week one and two. I said if we could come out of that one and one, we would make some noise this season. I didn't expect it to go the way it went, but we're one and one. Next up, Cleveland in Cleveland. Should be a win, no doubt about it. I know we're not getting the pass rush that some people would like, but I think that's going to pick up as the season goes on. It's going to work itself out. I'm really, 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 really excited. One thing that has me worried, though, is Derek Carr overall. He's making a lot of throws off of his back foot. You saw the long bomb to Crabtree. It should have been the touchdown. Crabtree had to wait on it. The pick under five minutes is absolutely unacceptable. But the true test of a team is not how they look when things are going good. It's how they look when things are going bad. They could have easily shut it down after that and called it a day, and all of us would have just accepted it as another Raiders loss. But they said, fuck that. We're coming out firing, and we're coming out balling. Raider Greg, I had two cousins that I went to the game today. They wanted me to go with them. I told them I couldn't go because I had work, but I sent them to you and the bad boys at barbecue, and they've been hitting me up all day telling me how great of a time it was and how great the tailgate is. Love the Raiders. Raider Greg, you do your thing. Shout out Oakland. Stay in Oakland. Stay in Oakland. I'm out. Great call, brother. Great call. Our next caller, Raider Benji from Fresno, California. What's up, brother? This is Raider Benji from Fresno, California. And I'm here to tell you guys that the Raiders, that's right, you heard me, the Raiders are... The shitty, I'm just kidding. They're not the shittiest team. But we were down there, and we were doing terrible week one. And you know what happened? We turned it around. We beat John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens in Oakland. It was a great game. And to all the car haters out there, especially a lot of you guys last week hating on this gentleman, from Fresno, like I am, I know I'm a little biased because I've seen him play all his college games here. 
but he did great. He's the future. Um, last week, everyone was ready to throw him under the bus and call him the next Jamarcus Russell, whatever. Dude was 7 for 12 and got injured, and he had four drops. Are you kidding me? Let's say they caught all those balls. He was 11 for 12 and missed a throw. Like, seriously, he is the future. He is the guy. Let's get behind him. He proved it today. Carr is our man. Raider Benji, out. Again, there are no Carr haters. Perhaps the way he throws the ball, perhaps the way he managed the last game, but he won this game. I got to say that. Got to give it to the kid. I hope he keeps going. Well, you've been asking for his head. <laughs> I think he's a fan with an opinion. This is Money Man has spoken, Raider. Money man is spoken. Great. We won, man. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Oh, my heart, my heart. But the bottom line is just win, baby. And Derek Carr. As much as I have bashed him, he got it done when he had to get it done. There was some no, there was some bumps in the road, but like I said, just win, baby. But at the same time, no, the only things get bigger. They get bigger now. They get bigger because now we are expected to do better. We won and won as opposed to on two. And the game in Cleveland is really going to be a sticking point on this team on whether they're going to be a contender or a pretender. Now, Derek Carr showed that he got the potential. I'm not sold on him yet because last year we saw win games at home and go on the road and lay an egg. Now, we got to go to the dog pound and pound on Johnny football. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We got to get it done. And that defense looks shitty, but they came through when they had to. But next week, we got to play better in all facets of the game. We got to play better because the Browns ain't shit. And when I say that, they ain't shit. They not as bad as people think they are. Because that defense they got up there is tenacious. as Marcus Mariota. So we got to get ready. Enjoy this victory, fellas, because I've been enjoying it. I had a good day. I know I can go to work now without holding my head down, trying to duck and dodge all the ones that hate on my team. But... Once again, we got to go get it done. Come tomorrow, it's time to put this victory behind us and look forward to the next one. And in saying that, Raider Greg, Raider Nation, I'm out. First of all, 
I never said McGloin was better than Carr. <laughs> Second of all, I uh, I know it's going to be tough to beat Cleveland, but we should beat Cleveland. Look at our offense, and our defense is just going to get better. I just think we're going to beat Cleveland and Chicago. That's what I'm going to say right now. I think we're going to beat them both. We can. We should. We better. Next is my very good brother, Ritter D from the IE. What's up? Raider Nation. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is your boy, Raider D from IE. Once again, I want to talk about being a Raider fan, man. You got to see what this is all about, right? You got to hang in there. It's like that team hung in there today. The defense is tired, man. These defense out there working, you know, working, getting beat up on. Offense is out there putting in work. Man, it's going to be a long season, but we have the tools. We have the talent. We got guys on this team. We can get it done, fellas. I'm telling you. I just seen the guys last year talking about how things are this. and this. We haven't even put the running game on the field yet. You know, we're throwing the ball around. We got to bring them tight ends in this game. Eventually, they're going to start using them, and we're going to start pounding that fucking rock. And it's going to be hard to fuck with us. Just, just watch and see. I, this one here to me is especially uh, sweet because I hate that fucking hardball asshole. I remember that motherfucker up by 30 fucking points, goes for a fake field goal on us, you know, and it, we're getting blown out. Remember that shit? This fucker didn't have no respect for us going on a fourth and one on, on our side of the field. I mean, we'd get the ball back on the 29 going in. No respect for the fucking Raiders. Fuck that motherfucker. I'm just talking about straight up his fucking ass. Anyway, I'm, I'm hyped up, y'all. Let's just hang in there, fellas. Hang in there. This shit's going to be good. It's going to be the year. I don't know where we're going to end up, but we just beat a fucking playoff squad, fellas. We just beat a fucking – that was one of those teams that, you know, we were probably chalked up to lose this game. You know, and I know if you go down the list, I think Tony Dungy is the only fucking person outside of Oakland I heard said we were going to win this fucking game. So we got we got, we got got some shit right here. You know, we got to go lick some moves. Got some guys hurt. We got to get some conditioning on that defensive fucking side of the ball. But I lost my goddamn voice. But we are we are coming together, fellas. Hang in there. And all that shit about McGloin, we got a goddamn quarterback. We got a quarterback in Oakland. I'm telling you. It's my last piece on that one. I'm not going to say anything else about quarterbacks. Anybody who wants to bring in some other body in person, I'm not listening to you because you're full of shit. All right. Raider D and I'm out. Raider! Well said, as usual, brother. And next from behind the orange curtain in the OC, Raider Ng. What's happening, man? What is up, Raider Nation? Long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Raider Ng calling from South OC. First of all, got to give my props to uh, Raider Randy and Raider Greg for the dedication of this putting this out there all so I don't know man it's got to be a decade of excellence already so um really appreciate that I was able to meet Raider Greg at the opener that stinking opener 
and um, I missed Randy, but uh, it was uh, uh, just a, a forgettable game. But um, I really, pre- I really um, encourage everyone to go out and and make it to, to Oak Town. This could be the last season there. It was it was just awesome. The, the whole experience uh, up until the game was was as advertised. So um, I also encourage anyone to uh, all of y'all to uh, donate whatever you can because these guys, man, they, they lay it out there week after week during the season and even in the off season. So that's a that's an incredible feat. So anyway, on to the on to the game. Um, I wanted to leave a. a uh, call my had my first call after the opener, but it was just horrendous, so I just didn't know what to say there. But I'm I'm glad I'm getting in on this the second game. I wish I could have been there. Um, I, I really had faith that uh, Del Rio would make up for his embarrassment. I mean, he just seems like that kind of stand-up guy, and really lay it down all the way to the coaches, down to the players, and make them work hard. And it showed up on the field finally. So. You know, all you all you guys that were, uh, you know, talking about this is the end of the season. You know, just back away from a ledge, man. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be all good. Um, what I, I'm still kind of concerned about the run game, though. Um, looks like we might have to use our pass game, passing game, to open up the run game, which seems like what we were Musgrave was doing this uh, past Sunday. But um, and the D is, dude, the D is looking. It needs some help. It needs the most help. But, um, you know, I think that scheme really needs – relies on speed. Everyone playing at the same speed, and not everyone's uh, up to that speed yet as we as we see Sunday after Sunday. So hopefully we can put it together against Cleveland this coming Sunday and, um, you know, see Smith and Mac meet somewhere in the middle and make a uh, Johnny football sandwich there. So anyway, glad to uh, – finally make it in to the bone line and uh go raiders baby yes it was great meeting you and your wife there it was fun the tailgate was crazy that was a great game we had we had a lot of fun in the parking lot uh, the game not so much but it's a lot better to taste this week thanks for the call great one bro and from watford england the bearded raider what's going on bro Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Monday here after the game. What a game that was. One thing that rings clear to me from the previous week is, uh, Raider Greg, that you said all you wanted us to do was play with poise, with pride and poise. And you've got to say that drive where Carr took us down and scored on the Seth Roberts touchdown, that, that showed pride and poise. Finally, we have a spark there. I know it might be a tough season. It's going to be a long season. Uh, there'll be lots of up and downs. We're going to have to grin and bear it because we don't really have another choice. Um, some positives there. The receivers, Mari Cooper, uh, Crab doing his thing. Seth Roberts, I think, is a, a bright young prospect as well. Uh, Murray is still grinding the yardage out and he was crucial in certain plays. Uh, the negatives, the defense still still looking very woeful. Uh, we give up massive chunks of yardage. I'm not talking about just two, three yards, five yards at a time. They were picking us apart for 
16, 20, 30 yards at a time. It almost seemed like the, the game previous with the Bengals, where you know they could they could pick us apart however they wanted. But luckily this time round the offense was uh, up to the challenge and they held us in there. Uh, great to see the game. I'm uh, an avid watcher of NFL Game Pass now. The first week was a bit disheartening. It's the first year I've actually done Game Pass, and I thought, what the hell have I spent my money on if <laughs> this, this is what the season's going to be like? But we held in there. Uh, just a little side note, Raider Greg, um, on your uh, review of the Bengals game, you kept saying Carson Palmer. I, I was having flashbacks, thinking, am I, have I traveled into time or something? If you listen back to your podcast, you, you, you said it twice that he was picking us apart. But it wasn't him; it was Dalton. But I'm on, I'm just picking at picking at things. Uh, anyway, here's to a good season. Hopefully, uh, let's bring some pass rush on, and that should uh, solidify a few things for us on defense and help us uh, a little bit. This is Bearded Raider from Watford, England. Take care, guys. Much love, Raider Nation. Yes, indeed, I did say Carson Palmer. Twice. I was pissed. Oh, so pissed. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for reminding me. Great call. Great take. And I, I see where you're coming from here. Yeah, we could have an up and down season. But it looks like we're moving forward, which is a good thing. Thanks for the call, bro. And next from deep in the Northeast, Erie Raider. What's up, brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider fan NC. Oh, my God, what a game, what a game, what a game, what a game. After last week, man, a few of my Raider buddies talked me off that fucking edge. And I got off that motherfucking edge, and I started to feel a little bit more positive. Because last week, oh, my God, last week was so fucked up. I'm not even going to get into it. This week... Man, Musgrave, thank you, because I was coming for you. I was coming for you. I was coming for you on Twitter. I had a whole lot of stuff, and I, I felt like fucking Greg Knapp and Olsen. I was like, what the fuck? After those guys, you going to come do this? Man, you can't do that. You can't bring out no fucking college offense like you did last week. But you put out players in the right position. You let everybody shine. Everybody look pretty good, except for the tight end. But, okay, we'll work on that. As far as, like, the defense, Ken Norton, Ken Norton. I don't know what the hell you're going to do with them linebackers, but, man, it's not looking good. Fillmore is long gone. I hated that shit. He was our emotional leader. Sounds silly. Jack Del Rio sounds kind of silly. But he was our emotional leader, and we came out flat. Now we picked up our jump. We got our balls. We like, yo, we're going to go out here and we're going to ball for the fans. That's what the hell they did. You know what I'm saying? You know, most of the team, except for the fucking linebackers. And I don't know where the hell the damn pass rush is at. It's like, you know, fucking don't say a word. We don't see no damn body at the fucking quarterback. I mean, what the fuck is this? What the hell is going on? 
we got some of the most, we got the best potential. Well, there you go, potential. <laughs> well, we got some of the best supposed pass rushers in the league. We're supposed to be terrorizing quarterbacks. What the fuck? But okay, maybe next week we'll work on that, man. But great to great overall, this is a great, great win. And I'm just happy for all our fans. And I'm just happy to have a fucking win, man. Oh, my God. After last week, but what a great, what a game. And saying that, Ready Greg, I'm out. Well, thank you for the props, brother. And anybody going to that game, check that out. That's serious information right there. Great guy, great family, uh, good Raider fans. I bet you're going to be a hell of a party there. And I sure hope the Raiders can put two wins in a row on a away game after a tough victory. That would be very special. You're right, brother. Thanks for the call. And our next caller, the 707 Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? This is the 707 Raider calling from Santa Rosa, California. Raider Randy, Raider Gray, just want to say thanks. You guys are doing a great job of listening to you guys since the beginning. This is my first time calling. Just thought I'd call about this win over the Baltimore Crows. Man. Where the hell was this offense last week, man? I'll tell you what, man. It has never felt so good to have the Crabs, all right? And they are sticking to our balls, Raider Greg, and I love it. This guy has hands coming through in the clutch. This guy, time after time, was catching crazy balls, getting his toes in bounds right whenever we needed it, all right? And we got Amari Cooper. Everybody knows this guy's a beast, getting all these yards after the catch. Latavius Murray, man. Tell you what, we didn't get him that many touches, but this guy is battling and getting all those tough yards, setting up dirty shorts, man. I was, I was, he was looking good. I was impressed. Derek Carr, man. Derek Carr showed us why we drafted him in this game. Uh, showed us why we need to be patient. I really hope this continues, man, because if this does, we can have something real special going on here. This defense, though, man, this defense is terrible. The only thing more terrible than this defense is Money Man has spoken thinking we should re-sign Terrell Pryor as our quarterback. All right? But they did come through in a few key moments. I mean, even DJ Hayden, man, I, I saw a few moments where a cornerback was batting ball down and, and all kinds of stuff, and I was like, who the hell is that? There's DJ Hayden, man. That shit was crazy. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with the defense. You know, Khalil Mack, Alden Smith, Justin Tuck, man, we should be dominating. Uh, we needed this game, though. If we would have lost this, Raider Greg, I'm telling you, man, all hope would have been lost. I mean, you heard the Raider Nation losing faith after that after that opener, man. It would have been bad news. But uh, now we're on to the Browns. It should be a good defensive statement game against Johnny Manziel, man. Our defense, Kenny Norton needs to get him, get him in tip-top shape, get him up. And uh, they got to step it up, man. Uh, the 10 a.m. game. History hasn't been good to us in 10 a.m. games, but, but let's make that change, all right? That's all I got to say for this time. Raider Greg, Raider Nation, go Raiders. That is so funny. <laughs> Money Man is smoking. Briar ain't coming back. There's <laughs> no way. Great call, man. Very good. And last but not least, the Portuguese. 
bomber. <laughs> I love it. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Nicole, a.k.a. the Portuguese Bomber. What an intense freaking game we just enjoyed. So much back and forth, so much fighting, uh, quite a few little mistakes. But I'm not going to nitpick. I'm going to enjoy this win because my office full of Niner fans was like this. Yeah, cricket, not a damn word this week. So enjoy this win. We got another fight against the Browns next week. You guys, we really kicked some ass. They fought really hard. These are the Raiders that we know and love. And, man, I enjoyed the freaking game. Thanks so much. Raider Nicole, out. These are the Raiders that we know and that we love. Very well said, girlfriend. Thanks for the call. That being said, there were many, many calls. Man, I wish I had got them all in. Some were just beating the crap right out of me for my last show. How I was a car hater and how I didn't, how I wanted my groin to be the poor, poor act. Listen, I love this team. All I want is a competitive game and whatever it takes to get there. I call it like I see it, and that's all I can say. I love when you guys called me out. It's important for everybody to get it out there, and I admit that I was harsh on the team, but you have to admit that it ripped your guts out to see this team with all the promise and all that that day against the Bungles. So don't tell me all the faith bullshit because I have faith too. We've lost a lot of games and a lot of bullshit has come rolling out of Oakland. (laughs) I have had faith a lot of times and I have faith now. But let me tell you, man, now that we won this game and I am happy about that, let's not forget the gut-wrenching game last week how you felt, what was in your gut, and how it was walking into work that day or going to school or seeing friends. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of anger I had this week that kind of boils over sometimes. So that's where I'm coming from. I like Del Rio. I like the Musgrave offense now. I know we need a better defense. I want us to go to the Super Bowl. But I call it like I see it. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's go, Raiders. Let's beat the Browns. I'd love to see the two in a row. Big time growth. Let's do it. I'd love to see it. Oh, I wish I could be there. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.